Bike talk on the KPFK live stream now on Zoom because of COVID, which seems like it's lifting. This is Don Ward with Nick Richard, my co-host. Hi. How you doing, Nick? Great. Have you been outside? I went to Spoke Bicycle Cafe today and it looked like things were getting back to normal. It's always been good. Today it was like popping. So, I mean, people were still wearing masks, but it seems like things are... Uh, slowly getting back to normal here we might be in the studio soon within a couple months wow. yeah we have brent barber with the bicycle film festival but we also have a whole family of people here from fresno california the fresno bicycle coalition and we got fresno bike polo is that what you guys call it up there welcome to the show everybody let's let's get everybody introduced we have tony molina who's the fc bc chair we've got ed smith who was the past chair right and um we've got sarah gonzalez and t from fresno bike polo or is there a special specific name we have for fresno bike polo that i don't know it's fresno bike polo and pedal junkies pedal junkies gotcha yeah i've definitely heard that name yeah i've been around the bike polo folks out here in la and i've i've definitely heard the name and we were just talking earlier you guys said that they're considered to be part of the family right yeah definitely cool so we have a few topics to go over today and uh i think first let's let's talk with uh with tony molina who's the fresno county bicycle coalition chair and get an update from fresno california what's going on up there yeah thank Welcome you we're uh, we're excited to uh, be uh, be on the show. We've uh, we're fan fans of uh, Bike Talk, and uh, so uh, th this is this is great uh, uh, to to be able to kind of share share with po folks uh, around around the, the state and uh, around LA. Uh, you know, kind of what's happening in, in Fresno. Uh, we're uh, a small uh, but dedicated uh, group of volunteers. We've been around about. Uh, 20, 20 years or so, and uh, kind of fighting the good fight to, uh, um, you know, uh, bring biking to to Fresno uh, County. Uh, we are, uh, you know, kind of strong believers in the uh, transformative power of uh, bicycling to, um, you know, build communities and uh, create uh, community vitality. And so, uh, so we've we've been been around, and uh, like I say, we're. Uh, we're, uh, we've been working on a bunch of things and it's been a challenge with the pandemic, of course, as uh, we'll share with everybody, but uh, appreciate the, the chance to be on here. We bring folks on from cities all over the place and I always go to Google Maps and there's kind of this uh, formula that, that goes down with, with cities in the United States, at least, where it's sort of like, you'll get a city that, you know, you guys, or what, like a population of half a million, you're up in Central California or Northern Central California. And uh, a lot of railroad towns kind of birth, have been, you know, part of why cities exist across the United States. And then later on the highway gets built and car culture sort of crowds in and development sort of changes and leans more towards car culture. And I'm, I'm kind of looking here on the map and I'm looking for the 
the original sort of downtown Fresno, which seems to be somewhere where the 99 and the 41 and the 180, am I, am I guessing right or no? Where yes. Uh, yeah, that was the, the original downtown and you're, you're, uh, you're right on, uh, you know, it was originally kind of built around, around the rail uh, connections. And uh, so we've been living with railroads. Um, we, we have, you know, the two, the Santa Fe and the uh, Union Pacific uh, and they're separate. And uh, uh, so we've been kind of divided. There's the, you know, kind of across the tracks uh, issues. Uh, yeah. uh, so, um, so it's, uh, yeah, we've been dealing with that, and and uh, like I say, we're we're looking forward to high-speed rail uh, coming to town uh, in a few years from now. So, cool. So, the downtown area of Fresno, would you consider that to be the most bikeable area? Like, tell us a little bit about Fresno, how how it relates to bicycling and what your challenges are out there. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we, um, you know, the downtown is actually one of the most bikeable areas. Uh, Ed and I actually went for a really nice uh, bike ride around downtown uh, today, uh, and it's pretty quiet now with the uh, pandemic. Uh, all the offices are still pretty much, uh, 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 you know, kind of shut down. So it's uh, hard hard to find uh, businesses that are open. So, uh, but it, it's it's been it, it's. Uh, um, a great place to bike and uh, a, a big area of, of Fresno that uh, is really a, a cool place to bike is the Tower District is a very bicycle friendly uh, area as well. Um, and then uh, we've got, um, you know, um, trail systems uh, going in so you can kind of get around uh, a little bit now uh, better. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, Ed, Ed can, you know, talk about some of the fun places to ride uh, around a little bit later if we get time there so sure politically speaking what's your take on on fresno politics do people want you know generally want bike infrastructure or are uh you know are you running into a lot of resistance or how's that how's that playing out yeah it's been it's been um you know kind of um a long haul uh, you know uh, we have um, you know like i say been around for a few years so some of our organizational founders, uh, you know, have been really kind of, uh, um, you know, kind of uh, the, the guiding lights that started way back, uh, you know, in the, in the earlier days. Uh, um, and as, you know, as it is a, a car, car town um, and, uh, uh, you know, those, those are their cultural uh, challenges here. Uh, there's, you know, the tendency of a rural, you know, county to have uh, some conservative, uh, uh, but we've also we're kind of a, a purple uh, uh, in you know political terms anyway. So there's 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 actually a lot of, uh, of, of folks uh, who uh, you know come from other places, and so uh, where where bike culture it has uh, taken taken hold here. So so we're uh, also seeing kind of a generational you know turnover. Uh, biking is is um, becoming more popular. Uh, with more people, I, I, there's 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 actually a pretty pretty sizable, um, you know, biking community here. So a lot of interest, especially with the pandemic, a lot more people are are out riding. And and like I say, with a generational kind of um, turnover in our elected officials too, we've we we're also very enthusiastic about um, some of the changes as far as uh, you know new uh, bike infrastructure that we're. Uh, finally getting to see here like cycle tracks and, and things that uh, uh, have taken a little bit longer to penetrate to, to the Central Valley. Cool. 
Um, the city council is what, like five members and seven. a mayor or seven yeah. and, a, and yeah. a mayor. And I'm assuming the mayor is, is what a point or a, voted on by the council or do you guys actually have like no actually it's elected uh, yeah we have a okay. uh, i think it's the strong mayor uh system so so yeah we just actually um um got a um, uh, uh, new um, new mayor here uh, who was formerly uh, chief of police and uh, so uh, uh jerry dyer and uh, so he is uh, I, um you know kind of help helping uh, us in, in some ways as far as dealing with some of the you know, traffic issues that we've seen. Uh, we've had big issues with uh, 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 racers uh, speeding and some very high profile uh, you know, uh, crashes as a result of that. So, uh, so I think uh, uh, you know, having a mayor <laughs> that was uh, uh, the chief of police uh, uh, will ho hopefully uh, uh, help uh, you know, control some of the traffic issues, but uh, but we're we're um, actually um, you know hopeful uh, you know that uh, some some of the things that we would like to see from a bicyclist perspective we would like to see implemented uh, vision zero type type approaches uh, things that uh, uh, we think will help you know with some some of our issues uh, with conflicts between you know drivers and and bicyclists. Now I'm looking at some of the things that you guys do and I see you guys have virtual bicycle safety workshops. How that, I'm assuming that's because of COVID. How's that working out? That seems kind of difficult actually. To, yeah, it's, to, been, it's been a challenge, uh, you know, trying to, trying to do uh, what you normally do live and smart cycling is, is, is particularly challenging um, uh, to try to, you know, compress it in, in there. Uh, in an hour, and then also trying to, you know, market it and promote it and, uh, you know, get people uh, to, uh, to attend. So we've been working with uh, different uh, community, you know, collaborating with uh, other organizations uh, to do that. And uh, so, yeah, it's been, it's been a challenge, uh, but we're, we're hope we're hoping, <laughs> hoping the more people, uh, you know, once the word gets out, uh, uh, we'll be able to uh, tune in. Now, in terms of uh, bicycle culture, are there, you know, down here in LA, we have a lot of group bike rides. Is there, and bike polo, and we have a couple of people on from, from bike polo, we should bring you guys on and talk a little bit about that. Are there bicycle rides happening, group rides? Do you see a lot of uh, activity? Yeah, like there's, that uh, yeah, we, we have a very, um, you know, um, active uh, bike party uh, that, uh, like I say, they kind of had a lid on it for a bit during the pandemic, but, uh, um, you know, I know, um, you know, T and Sarah are, you know, uh, kind of connected with a lot of, we have the, you know, the cruiser mob and, and a lot, a lot of different, uh, uh, community groups. We have a really strong, uh, recreational, um, uh, biking organization, uh, Fresno cycling club that, uh, we, you know, kind of, uh, connect with, uh, on events and things. So, uh, so yeah, there, there's a very active, I don't know, uh, T and Sarah, maybe that's a, a cue for you guys to talk a little bit about bike culture there. Yeah, we have um, a couple of uh, groups that ride individually and then also come together for bike party. Um, right now, the big scene is the SE, you know, 29 inch. Yeah, the big rippers. And really? Everybody just, with everybody's popping wheelies. All hot hype with that. Yeah, you got to keep your wheel up and all that. So with Todd Lyons. Has Todd Lyons yeah, been yeah. up there? Yeah, yeah. So He's such a it, troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually were down there when they did that. Um, 
what was it marina del rey marina right? del rey we like accidentally ended up in marina and saw hundreds and hundreds of these guys riding bikes we were blown away we're always blown away by la the the whole bicycle culture out there so fresno has obviously not as big of a scene as la or san francisco or um but they're getting their numbers yeah at, we're getting there uh every sunday and every wednesday there's a group that rides called central cal bms uh-huh um, we have bike party, which is, I guess, coming back this month. It's been, it's been on hold for, because of the pandemic. Um, and then there's also, you know, the, the road, road bike riders that yeah. wear spandex and ride in the hills. And so there's a big scene here, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, happening. there's a lot. Yeah. We got a lot of cyclists in Fresno. I'm very proud of that. We have a lot of mountain bikers too. They have central yeah. road cyclists. Yeah. And, and we have a, um, BMX park, um, mm-hmm. it's called Mosqueda, which is one of the, like, most like uh, one of the yeah. renowned um bmx skate parks in the in the state yeah sure. yeah a lot of pro Wait, what's the name of the park one more time can you say Mosqueda, that one more time? m-o-s-q-u-e-d-a okay Mosqueda. and um Mosqueda. so we take a bunch also, of also at woodward uh, park there's yes. a BMX, uh, place there so yeah definitely a, a variety of of cyclists and opportunities for pretty much any kind of Writing, writer really. yeah yeah and then bike polo which is our main realm i guess yes yeah and we're pretty we're pretty fortunate with that like the city of fresno we have all kinds of parks where we could we could uh smash mallets all over the city and we have support from the city and and um you know fresno county bicycle coalition also yeah we're very 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 blessed and, and thankful for the, the fresno county bicycle coalition that's how we uh got really involved with uh, FCBC and we were fortunate enough to be on the board and you know just help out help our help our community our cycling community just cool that sounds really cool it sounds like you guys have a lot going on the city's half a million people does that kind of help like does pretty much everybody know each other it's kind of like tight-knit because of that or it is pretty tight-knit um I think that I mean, depending on what kind of writing, there's definitely uh-huh. like, you know, the crews that they all, everyone knows like, you know, um, well, pedal junkies for bike polo. Everyone knows um, the cruiser mob for cruiser bikes. And yeah. everyone, so, but it is kind of cool because everyone has their individuality and then come together for, you know, big rides, for big rides. community rides. And so yeah, for sure. It's, it's fun. We have a good time. It's neat. It's neat. And I, I love seeing all the different genres of cycling yeah. when we come together for bike party. It's fun. So bike party, I've heard of bike party, and I always thought it was. Well, in San it was kind of like a critical mass thing, but they, okay. they, they just kind of. I guess it was just the name changed. I don't. I have no idea what happened there, but it it, it was like critical mass kind of. A little bit less political and more just riding a bike. Yeah, well, I'll tell you that's what really transformed LA. I mean, we had critical mass in LA for a long, long time, and it was always sort of small, and then you know, Midnight Riders started up and it was, it was at night. It was at 10 PM on Fridays. And it was, the focus was just to have fun, not necessarily to make a political statement, which I think is what ends up drawing in a lot more people at the end of the day, because it's less, less conflict. It's more about fun. Yeah. And I think bike party, bike party is um, like family friendly. So people are coming out with their kids and, and, you know, it's all, you see all kinds of different kinds of bikes and bike riders and levels of cycling. Like you see people that are, you could tell that they're just starting out and they're a little bit wobbly and then <laughs> pros that, you know, zipping in and out of traffic. It's just, 
just a different different feel to it definitely and how do the cops uh treat you guys are they generally supportive or yeah there's a lot of support from uh fresno Mm -hmm. pd that we got we've had a some um the bike the bicycle cops come out sometimes and ride for a short little distance and you know i know there's a lot of cyclists in fresno that are uh pd so they just they come out and hang and it's it's a good time yeah for the most part we have a lot of um support from them and then we do our you know you know may is bike month so and they we always get a a awesome police escort when we do our mall to mall rides and stuff so So throughout the year there's a lot of support yeah i think um they do want to you know crack down on people swerving in and out of traffic and and you know the the um the mischief riding yeah the stuff that's gonna actually put other people in danger or the rider in danger but for the most part i mean i think it's i think there's a lot of support yeah i, I would say we, yes we actually got a ride with the cops tomorrow morning right. at uh, nine o'clock they uh, actually uh we were invited to uh to join the the, the pd uh, bike patrol uh, officers they're sponsoring a ride that's kind of a community ride and uh so, um, so we uh, will we'll be uh, riding with the cops tomorrow morning. So. That sounds yeah, really yeah. cool. We'll see you there, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at Fresno. I'm trying to remember the last time I was in Fresno. You need to come down and visit. Fresno. That's what it is. I know. I know. <laughs> and and I'm looking at the layout of the city, and it's surrounded by mountains on the east and farmland everywhere else. And it's sort of like this. You guys have managed it looks like to keep the city pretty dense compared to say like LA where we ripped out a bunch of farmland and put in a bunch of small, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading yeah, this wrong. Yeah, the that's, uh, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you got to zoom in there. Actually, uh, sprawl has been a big issue. Um, and, oh, okay. but, uh, but the gen- general plan update actually is, um, you know, trying to get denser uh, population, which, which we're, supporting as, as far as making it easier for, you know, uh, you know, uh, transit oriented, you know, development and things like that. We're, we're, uh, there's a, actually a big, uh, project to, I don't know if you ever been to Fresno and been on Blackstone Avenue, but it's, you know, it's kind of the classic, uh, Strode thing and it, it's, uh, mm-hmm. um, billboards and, you know, body shops and stuff. Uh, and it, it, so there's, there's actually a, uh, um, a, a program, uh, uh, the Smart Mobility Program, Southern Blackstone, uh, the Better Blackstone, um, is uh, um, working towards you know revitalizing and and, and incorporating uh, you know cycle tracks on on Blackstone and um, you know getting getting it away from the car culture, uh, getting some space back there. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got a lot of farmland surrounding you guys. We've got the city. Transit is what buses. I'm, sh- I'm assuming it's like a bus system there. Yeah, um, we uh, actually uh, we recently um, have uh, um, implemented a free fare, uh, zero fare program uh, on, okay. our, on our transit system. Thanks to um, a new new council member Tyler Maxwell, who uh, who's also been very supportive of uh, of our efforts uh, at the city council to um, uh, also create a um, an ATP coordinator, an active transportation coordinator. Uh, to help us get to uh, silver uh, bicycle friendly status, we've been kind of stuck in bronze uh, as a result. So, with the help of uh, you know uh, council members like Tyler and Esmeralda Soria and Miguel Arias, Nelson Esparza, uh, Luis Chavez has uh, been supportive of, of our efforts too. So, uh, put a plug in for our elected officials there. 
Right on. Now, what's this going on here with Fig Garden? I see like a bunch of squiggly lines all over the place. Is that a different city? Ah, Fig Garden? Uh, well, what Fig Garden, uh, yeah, is actually... Um, that looks insane. What, it, how do you uh, it, even follow that? It's a county <laughs> island, which, uh, which is uh, one of the challenges that we have uh, implementing, you know, bicycle uh, infrastructure uh, because we have multi-jurisdictional uh, uh, situations here. So for example, uh, one of our uh, new infrastructure things are this uh, cycle tracks so where they want to put on uh, Palm Avenue in Belmont. We got an ATP quick build uh, grant, which we we're really excited about uh, to build those. And uh, we would like to connect it from like basically from the tower district um, up, to, uh, up to the river, San Joaquin River, uh, and connect up with other the other parts of the trail system there. So we, we ran into a, a bit of a snag because of the um, um, issues with um, the Fig Garden is a county island. Uh, so, uh, so they're under the jurisdiction of the Board of Supervisors as opposed to the city of Fresno. And so the, 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 the wonderful residents of Fig Garden are very protective of their, you know, kind of, uh, semi-rural, uh, they don't have any sidewalks there. So it's, it's a really cool place, a lot of trees. So you, you almost uh, forget you're in the middle of a city. Uh, so it's a very kind of idyllic uh, um, uh, center uh, of, uh, uh, for people to live. Uh, and so we, we thought it'd be really great if they could continue the cycle track north um, uh, through to up uh, Palm Avenue to, to the San Joaquin River um, and create access to our new San Joaquin River uh, um, Parkway, uh, our River Conservancy, which is a, which is another really cool thing that we have here along the San Joaquin River, uh, and so there's been kind of some pushback from you know residents that are uh, concerned about uh, you know cut through traffic. Uh, does this sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. So I know I'm, I'm speaking to the choir here uh, uh, about about that. So we we are uh, faced with the challenge of tr trying to uh, uh, educate our uh, uh, elected officials and our residents uh, that that actually uh, having bike bicycle infrastructure will actually have a traffic calming effect and would be good for the neighborhood and uh, so it, it's uh, but it's it's kind of a hard sell because they're they're very you know kind of resistant to change and uh, don't like to be uh, you know kind of uh, 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 told told uh, that uh, you know that they may have to uh, slow down a little bit for bikes and things so. So, uh, so anyway, so yeah, that's one of the challenges. So, you know, if any of our, if our listeners are, uh, you know, from Fresno or for wherever you are, you know, uh, you know, please uh, contact your elected officials and, and put a plug in for bikes uh, and, uh, you know, get involved in your, in your community there. So. Yeah, it's been a challenge forever in LA is like, and it gets twisted both ways. It's like, um, you know, the, the cut through traffic is obviously people don't want cut through traffic in their neighborhood. And then you, when you talk about bringing bike lanes in, there's just something there. It's something culturally ingrained in people still where they're just finding any way to resist bicycles. And I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the, the, the cell, there is a cell in there somewhere where you can you can get these people to 
be on board. Um, it's just, I don't know any other way to do it than like house to house petitioning and just spending time with people and talking to them, you know, about the benefits of like, Hey, actually, if you put bike lanes in and we reduce some lanes, you're going to get less cut through traffic and more, you know, it's more desirable for local traffic and pedestrian activity. And that makes it more pleasant. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly what the formula is, but there's, it's just a timeless argument, right? Nick, we were talking about uh, Groundhog's Day the other day when we were talking about over here in Eagle Rock right now, there's a whole flap going on in the neighborhood of Eagle Rock in Los Angeles about bus rapid transit and bike lanes and all this stuff and cut through traffic. Sounds like Groundhog Day. (laughs) So it's it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I know a lot of the people that live in that area, you know, ride bikes. Um, and, and so I know, I know, I, I, you know, hope that they talk to their neighbors and, and uh, um, ho- hopefully we can, you know, like you say, you know, door to door campaigns, we, we've had to do that. Uh, and they, they're actually effective. Um, and we, we were able to get a get a road diet in, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, because that that has been a challenge for a while, uh, getting road diets in. But uh, uh, but we're actually you know getting getting more road diets in. We're getting uh, getting uh, some of our ATP. That's our other issue. Is our uh, we have an active you know transportation uh, network and and there's a lot of gaps in the network. Uh, so we're we're but you know little by little with time time they're they're you know getting those. Uh, Road uh, road maintenance improvements uh, put in there, but there's still still a lot of a lot of gaps that we have to deal with. Do you guys have a bicycle master plan? The DOT like has have they put right. forth? That's, that's our ATP plan, our active okay. transportation plan. It was approved okay. in 2017, and it's uh, due for an update. Uh, so um, they're okay. working on that. And then active transportation obviously means more than just bikes, right? We're talking. Scooters and pedestrian, yeah. Okay. Yeah, look at this. And you got the, the San Joaquin River. That that just I, I just talking to you guys, I, I think I need to go visit Fresno. <laughs> look, look at this. You are welcome and we'll give you uh give you yeah. a perfect yeah. <laughs> Nick, why don't we do it why don't we go up there and do a show up there? You better yeah. get here before it gets really hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Like right now, and then yeah. like next week it'll be 110. So hurry. It gets hot out here. <laughs> before but before that's... wildfire season too. Last year oh, uh, it, it was uh, it was pretty brutal. With uh, we had huge uh, huge forest fires up in the mountains there. So. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was tons of fires all over California. Um, Great to have you guys down here. It'll be awesome. Yeah, I I don't know. It just looks cool. I'm still looking at the downtown right here. It's surrounded by freeways, which also sounds familiar. How did they manage to do that? Did do, do the freeways cut that off? Is it pretty cut off because of the freeways, or have they figured out connectivity? Yeah. Or yeah, some some of the um, the freeway overpasses allow you to go under under the freeways. So there's there's uh, gaps. Uh, you know, every every mile or so that you could you can ride through without having to deal with a freeway on ramp and off mm-hmm. ramp. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that's a, a really a big challenge right now because they're putting a Midtown Trail in uh, right right to Manchester, 
center there uh, across uh, McKinley. So you'd actually be able to fly in on the airport, get on the Midtown Trail and drive, drive over to the uh, Manchester Center. Uh, but then you're gonna have to cross the freeway <laughs> <laughs> on ramp, uh, so they're trying to figure out how to squeeze in uh, a trail uh, uh, to uh, for for the Midtown Trail. Let's talk about Mother Motherload. Motherload. Let's talk about that maybe a little bit. If you want to talk about Motherload, uh, we were going to queue up uh, Ed Ed uh, Smith to uh, talk about Motherload a little bit here. Cool. Yeah, Motherload. Ed, Ed you are. Um, how are you involved in Motherload? I'm, I'm on the board of the Fresno County Bicycle Coalition as well. I've been living in Fresno for 20 years and I've been on the board for quite a while. Uh, so I've been bike commuting in Fresno. I uh, lived in Clovis for a while, which is kind of a bedroom community, kind of a part of the metropolitan area. So it's, a, it's about a 10 mile ride from Clovis to downtown Fresno, where I work. I did that commute for about 10 years. You know, and Fresno is such a great place to ride because it's, it's very flat. The weather is great year round and you know, there's no snow. Uh, it gets a little hot, but, it, but it's not a bad place to ride. So it's, it's, it's you know, it, and it's a grid. So there's lots of alternative routes. You don't have to take the, uh, the busy roads if you don't want to. There's always easier ways to do it. So in a lot of ways it is, uh, it's kind of an ideal place to ride, but, it, but it's hard to get people interested in utility cycling because it's also a great place to drive. So you, you look at the you look at the map of Fresno and you see the freeway system and it's you know 15, 20 minutes to get anywhere in town from anywhere in town on on the freeway system. Traffic is is so great here. There's there's no problem, <laughs> no problem on the freeways, there's no problem finding parking, free parking just for acres and acres of parking wherever you want to go. So it's like an ideal place to to live because there's it's a great place to, you know, you can just ride, drive, uh, drive your car to work. So because of that, a lot of the cycling here tends to be recreational cycling. Uh, a lot of the big cycling clubs are the recreational cycling clubs that do, you know, big rides out into the, the foothills on the weekends, uh, wearing the spandex, and they wouldn't consider the, the ride downtown. So the, the utility cycling tends to be kind of a hidden, hidden gem. And, and it's people like uh, T and Sarah that live in the Tower District, and I live downtown now. Uh, downtown Fresno, uh, where oh, you know, cool. I, live, I, live, I, I live in downtown Fresno. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't owned a car in 10 years. I, I live car free in Fresno. You can get wherever you want to go in Fresno. So I think that's where the mother load, mother load comes in is, you know, we do have some folks here in Fresno that get that do the utility cycling and do get around by bike. And uh, nope, you're not trapped downtown by the freeways. There's lots of pedestrian overcrossings, uh, bridges over the freeways. There's lots of uh, great little hidden sort of class three bikeways through the neighborhoods. There's plenty of, of green neighborhoods. So Fresno was built around the railroad. And uh, then in the early 20th century, it expanded north to the Tower District. There was lots of uh, light, uh, sort of the light rail uh, streetcar system back then that has been ripped out now. But uh, the you know, if you live in the Tower District, it's a 10, 15 minute bike ride to downtown if you want to work downtown. So so it's great. So we're hoping that, you know, we're sponsoring the virtual screening of the mother load and a panel discussion on May the 2nd here in Fresno. So 
if you check out our website, fresnobike.org, you can find information about becoming a member of the Bikes Coalition and uh, signing up to see the virtual screening in the beginning of May. And then on May the 2nd and Sunday afternoon, we're really excited about the panel discussion because we do have, we, we, we have a, a great panel. We have the, the director of, of, of the film, Liz Canning. And also we have our council member, uh, Esmeralda Soria, who is a champion of this uh, Palm bikeway that uh, Tony was talking about and is working to get, to get that built, uh, to get the funding, to get the political support. So we, we feel like we have good political support from Esmeralda Soria, who has been our council member and before council member has been a cyclist in Fresno for a long time, has been out on our bike rides and our multiple rides um, for, for, for years. We also have, um, Hennevava Islas, who is a um, executive director of Cultiva La Salud here in Fresno and also um, uh, on the school board uh, and has been doing, uh, she's a, an LCI, uh, a grandmother, a mother, has been riding her bike in Fresno and in sort of the Southeast Fresno, which is a lower income area uh, and a, a large immigrant population, large Hispanic population. A lot of folks that, uh, don't tend to be heard when the city is building out the infrastructure. So you look at the infrastructure in the north part of town, in the city of Clovis, the more affluent areas, and you'll see the results of uh, the recreational cyclists being heard. They say, yeah, we want the, we want the, the fun trails for our family, and we want, uh, we want to ride our bikes on the weekends. But in the southeast part of town, where uh, the city's been built out for many years, there's no room for bike lanes, there's no room for new trails. Uh, and and, the, and those folks in those parts of towns are actually using their bikes to commute to work. We also have Laura Gromis on our panel, who is the executive director of the U.S. Green Building Council, Central California, who is also another person who has uh, co collaborated with uh, Fresno County Bicycle Coalition to bring bicycle education to southeast Fresno and championing for built environment that uh, is kind of a better for for cycling. So yeah, we're we're looking forward to that pa panel discussion, and of course the, you know, the movie Motherload, which is all about um, mothers uh, and on cargo bikes uh, carrying children, and realizing that just because you have a, a young family doesn't mean you have to uh, give up the bike and get the minivan. You know, you can get the you can you can you can use your cargo bike, your electric cargo bike, to get around town. So. Yeah, it's, it's uh, going to be a good time on May the 2nd. Second, okay, we're going to watch for that. And Ed, you have a bit of a, is that a Dutch? Are we talking Dutch or is that a German? Dutch Not a bad accent? guess. What's yeah. going on over there? It's you... South, Afri South African, so um, my, yeah, oh, okay. Af Afrikaans, right. which is uh, yeah, not too bad. It's, it's, it's but, a Dutch uh, derivative, yeah. I was going to bring up how flat Fresno looks and also talk about the way that you know my travels in the Netherlands I would see normal everyday life moms with bucket bikes filled with kids so it looks like Fresno is poised to become maybe like uh you know like a, a new Dutch right or something we're, like we're, we're all for that you know I think there's there's some cyclists here that would definitely go for that we have mm -hmm. the we have the the challenges of every American city, where you know the, the commuter population is you know one percent or less, and of, of cyclists are get to work by bike, uh, and of course you know the cars are 
first uh, in, in most decisions. But I think uh, with our active transportation plan and our we have the bus rapid transit now going up and down Blackstone Avenue and Ventura. Uh, I think you know this is a great place to ride a bike and we just need more people with vision, more people with imagination to, to imagine what the city can be and to begin to redevelop the city around transit, around more dense uh, development and make things more walkable and bikeable. Do you think that the farmlands around that surround Fresno are protected or do you think, I mean, this kind of what happened in LA is like we had farmland all over the place and then it just got, got eaten up by, by sprawling development. Here, it seems like in central California, like farming is essential, an essential business out here. Is it protected well enough or do you think that could happen in Fresno where it would expand outward versus upward? It's very easy to expand. Greenfield development is always cheaper and easier than redevelopment. It's, you know, so the developers have a loud voice here in Fresno. It's a very big part of our economy. The, the, the construction industry is a big part of the economy. New housing is a big part of the economy. So that, that's, uh, you know, we have to find the balance. I think the city of Fresno see, looks to the future and is thinking about that. And in our recent uh, general plan update, when the city is planning its growth, they were careful to, you know, limit the expansion of the sphere of influence, which would then limit the amount of farmland that can be annexed and, re and, and developed into housing. So I'm hoping that there's that there is some future there, and, and we have some some visionary uh, nonprofits and, and leaders in the city who are advocating for redevelopment, and just you know it is super easy to redevelop and do that greenfield or do to do that greenfield development, and just gobble up that farmland. But on the other hand, we also have lots of uh, older parts of town that are ripe for redevelopment. So um, and I would think like parking lots too could go. Exactly. I see a lot of parking lots going on here. Right. You know, if you drive up Blackstone Avenue or, or ride your bike up Blackstone Avenue or take the BRT up Blackstone Avenue, all you see is parking because that, that, that mode of um, development from decades ago where things are set far back from the street and there's lots of parking in front and that seems very convenient and inviting, but that also prov uh, provides lots of space. So we do have some, uh, you know, in that Fig Garden area, kind of the very central part of town is Shaw and Blackstone Avenue, which is uh, fringes on um, on Fig Garden, Old Fig Garden, which is uh, an unincorporated uh, a county island. Uh, there's, there's lots of room there for, for us. Yeah, like I'm, I'm looking at Fresno College here and I see a gigantic parking lot, which always just drives me bananas. The same thing yeah. out here is like, there's, there's colleges a are the place where you don't need parking. Like yes, exactly. So young yeah, people you with no money that are energetic enough to bike everywhere. And ride your bike parking. to school. <laughs> yeah. So right there at Fresno so, City College, you'll see that the railroad crossing diagonally across Blackstone Avenue and uh, McKinley oh. Avenue. Uh, and and uh, right now, it you know, there um, there's just a lot of parking around there. There's the, the railroad. There's six six lanes for the for traffic and in on Blackstone Avenue and four or five lanes on, on McKinley Avenue. So there, there is a development project that's been approved and is being built for a mixed use with lots of residential on that uh, southwest corner. 
so th there are projects in place right now. And, and what we just, we need a little bit of, you know, we need, we need something to take root and begin to change. And then as people move in and younger families move into those uh, new developments and begin to use that BRT and then realize, hey, you know, I could use my bike and I can get to the recreation on the weekends and I can get to shopping. Uh, I think, uh, you know, culture can gradually start to change. So that's exciting. So, uh, you know, guys, thank you for the for the rundown on Fresno. You actually made me really excited. I want to. I wish I could get on the the high speed rail, like you know, this weekend and just blast up there and check it out. Come on, Amtrak. Yeah. You can you can take Amtrak from uh, Union Station. Uh, take really. The, you have to take the Amtrak bus because there's the you, know, uh, you you can't get you can't get across the mountains. So you guys need to fix that. But once you get to um, you, once you get to Bakersfield, you can get on um, the capital or, or get on the um, San Joaquin's the Amtrak San Joaquin's. Amtrak San Joaquin's runs up and down the valley from Bakersfield all the way up to um, uh, Oakland and Sacramento. Uh, yep. You can roll, roll your bike on and uh, roll your bike off. Uh, no reservations required, no extra charge. It's a, it's a great, great thing to do. From Fresno during the summer, you can take the, the Yards bus, which is the Yosemite area rapid transit or regional transit. Uh, take your bike on that bus all the way to Yosemite Valley. And there's lots of forest lands up there too. So uh, lots of recreation. Uh, so if you, if, when you're at the Amtrak station, which is right across the street from where I live, let me know. I'll, I'll give you a tour of Fresno. Yeah. I'm going to pipe in for a second because I've taken, uh, this is Juan Flores. I'm uh, co-chair of the coalition. I've taken the, the train from Los Angeles with my bike up to Fresno. And uh, it's very easy to, to take your, your bike on the train and uh, on, on the bus to the train to finally get to Fresno. And once you get there, it's a really easy trip up to Sacramento. And, uh, you know, the, the, the conductors are very helpful uh, with your bike. So you can really travel anywhere in the state on the rail with your bike. So hey, you can do it. And also you were gonna talk about bike match. Yeah, one of our projects is a bike match project. We were inspired by Stephen Bresch and, and his uh, bike match network that started uh, you know, when, when the COVID problems began in, in, in the US. And uh, we were inspired by them. Tony and I and Ed have been working on this project, uh, creating a, a system where people would, would, uh, would donate their bikes to people who need bikes and, and that we, the bike match would be the, basically the, the, the interchange. We, we wouldn't be directly involved, but we would uh, uh, coordinate in, in arranging the transition from the donor to the recipient. And, you know, we've been doing a form of that for a while because we've had uh, relations with, uh, with the Department of Corrections. They've been repairing bikes and, uh, you know, we've been taking bikes to them, they've been repairing them. And the idea is for us to distribute these bikes to people who, who need the bikes because there are so many people in town for whom, you know, bicycling is their main mode of transportation and increasingly so with, uh, with, uh, with the pandemic. And, you know, we need help. We, we need, uh, we have good partnerships with bike shops to assist us in, in, in repairing the bikes. Uh, Velo uh, Bike Shop in, in Tower District has been very supportive of Chris and company. And, um, you know, we've got a good project, but we need more hands to help us build the program. We have bike match here. It's everywhere, right? Yeah, it is. It is. But but I, I know that that Stephen Bresch has had 
uh, has been trying to build the, the the network, but it takes work and resources to build the members to, to build the resource the, the network. And uh, we're 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 you know we're building our side of it here in Fresno, trying to connect up with with Stephen and and the Bike Match Network, and uh, which is need more players. So thanks again, you guys, for the for the rundown. We're going to transition over to Brent Barber with the Bicycle Film Festival, but um, I want to get all your social media plugs so people can uh, can get up to date or get, you know get updates of what's going on with Fresno, and uh, we'll plan our trip up there. Right, Nick? We're going to do a little trip up there. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we got Bike Polo. What, how do we get in touch with Bike Polo up there? So interested in Bike Polo or anything bicycles, you can contact us on Instagram at pedal underscore junkies, pedal junkies, um, and on Facebook under T. Gonzalez and Fresno Bike Polo, Facebook also. Both, yeah. Okay. Also, Donnie then, Pepper said to say what's up. Donnie Pepper, is he yeah, up there right now? No, no. We, we messaged him and said we were on with you, and he said, tell Nick and Roadblocks I said what's up. <laughs> Donnie Pepper about... is the bike polo fanatic the... of Los Angeles. So yes, yeah. I love Donnie Pepper. So do we. Yeah, and all his bands. You ever hear? You ever get to? Yeah, yeah. They um, Los Angeles bike polo. They have the coolest uh, what after party. After party house. <laughs> you just go to Donnie's in Silver Lake. And in, yeah, his right at Glaga. Yeah, uh -huh. there you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a grand time, man. Man, that seems so long ago. When is that coming back? Man, so. we were just talking about that on mute. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, when okay, cool. When, when everything when we when we all can uh, hang out again, uh, that's when it'll all come it, together. It'll, it'll all come together. There's gonna be like a firestorm of bike polo <laughs> and bicycle rides. It's gonna be crazy. I can't. Yeah, wait. yeah I can't wait. That's what the pandemic gets. The bicycles are coming back strong. There's already like a crazy punk scene emerging in Echo Park. I don't know if you guys are tuned into that at all, but my uh, I have a couple of friends that are in a band called Dead City Punks and they're throwing. It's not good, but they're <laughs> young. They're young and stupid and they're throwing like shows with like a thousand people. It's kind of ridiculous. Oh no. Oh. Yeah, I know, I know. But, <laughs> um, you can just tell people are just itching to get back out. Yeah, there, so. oh, most definitely. So, yeah, I, I yeah. can feel it. I can feel it when we're out there in the city. Well, cool. So then, and we've got Fresno Bike Coalition is, what's the website? And how do we get in touch with Fresno Bike Coalition? Fresnobike.org. It's easy to remember. And then the mother load is uh, fcbceventbrite.com. So anybody wants okay. to. Okay. We're on uh, that's Instagram. May, May 2nd, right? May 2nd. Yeah. Four o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can check out fresnobike.org for information about the uh, mother load. And we're on Instagram at Fresno Bike. We're on Facebook at Fresno County Bicycle Coalition. So check us out. Cool. Thanks very much. And then I'm really excited about Fresno. I never thought I'd say that. We're, going, <laughs> we're doing this. We're going up there. Uh, thank Maybe you for in, having us. Thank you for okay. having us on. We'll have you guys back on at some point and get some more updates on what's going on. Thank you. Love to. Thank you very much. All right. Take care, guys. Have a happy bike month, by the way. Yeah, happy bike month to you, too. Coming up. Thanks, Tony. Wow. Fresno. I've never been so hyped on Fresno ever. This, this is amazing. I usually just stop in there for gas on the way up to San Francisco. This is Look at this place. This is cool. I want to go to the San Joaquin River jump in.
let's bring our good bud, our friend, old friend at the Bicycle Film Festival, Brent Barber, coming in from New York City. Hi, bike executive hey, executive director of Bicycle <laughs> Film Festival. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm excited about Fresno too. That's amazing. I I right? think, I believe in Fresno because you can ride year round. And there's a lot of space, like they said. You have you can build new, new places. I, I think you hit it right on there. You know, there's so many parking lots. There's so much opportunity there. I see a ton of parking lots up in the northeast that could totally be made into a little dense little city up near Pinedale here, a little, little city center. So you're living in like one of the denser places in the United States, right, Manhattan? Yeah. How's right. how's that going? It, are people uh, are people getting ready to jump back out there and uh, it's starting to ha i feel it we opened up a couple weeks ago for restaurants probably three weeks ago now maybe a little bit more and mm -hmm. i just i can feel that people are they're on the streets they're they're you can feel it like um like you said with those punk shows um That's you know it's, it's bad yet also kind of exciting but it's bad yeah, I think you see people wearing masks everywhere. It's a, it's a city that has a lot of life in the streets. So, you know, anyhow. Yeah. One thing that's cool, from that, last year I heard more birds. Basically, I don't know how many people left New York, but a lot of people left. So there was less humans. And um, because of less humans, more animals came in, including birds. And I've been hearing so many birds in the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs> the bike film festival it's coming it's been virtual you guys have been doing cities already it's coming to los angeles tell us about it so for the folks who don't know about bicycle film festival i started it here in new york after i was hit by a bus i was doored into an oncoming bus while riding my bike and um <clears throat> obviously that wasn't a great experience so i wanted to do something really positive from that i wanted to show the people people who I thought were nice people and so on that were victim blaming, you know, were you wearing a helmet? Well, that's your fault then. Or what, what are you doing riding in New York streets? You know, these kind of things. And I was just like, only if they knew how awesome cycling was, how can I express that to them? And I thought the best way would be to show movies. And you have to understand 20 years ago, there was a less access to media. <clears throat> and uh, so I started the festival here in New York and we had sold out shows our first year and we had national press and I never planned on doing it again. And there's just been a momentum of the community really getting behind this community of artists, community of filmmakers, community of cyclists in different ways. You know, there's been so many great people that have given so much to this organization the Bicycle Film Festival over the years, like hundreds, if not thousands. Um, certainly if, thousands if you include all the artists and filmmakers. So, you know, we were supposed to, and that after that, the festival for 20 years went all around the world, like, you know, including Los Angeles, which we could talk a little bit about, but we went, you know, Moscow, I was just talking about this on another interview today. Like we got the a police escort. <laughs> we got it like from like near the red square. I can't remember. It was, uh, I think Pushkin Square, we we got a police escort to the Bicycle Film Festival, like a big ride. It was pretty amazing. Not quite Midnight Riders, but it was pretty awesome. Um, where, where all have you been? 
Uh, we've been to almost 100 cities around the world. I would say some of the bigger festivals were uh, Tokyo, Mexico City. Mexico City was incredible. Mexico is just amazing. Um, Buenos Aires, Bogota, Cape Town, South Africa. Um, I think almost every Western European capital, um, Paris, Amsterdam, London was great for so many years. Um, and then, you know, about like around the United States, there's around, you know, some, a lot of the United States, we did some smaller festivals, but, you know, like on par with New York, I would say there was Tokyo, Milan, London, um, Mexico City, those were, and I don't want to leave anybody's city out, Sydney, we were at the Sydney Opera House, we were, you know, we've been, we we're at the Barbican in London, which is like where the Queen's London Symphony Orchestra plays. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, for your audience that doesn't know, the Bicycle Film Festival, like if you came to the 20th anniversary in New York, um, you would meet people from all around the world. We were expecting about 20,000 attendees. People had bought their flights from wherever they may be. Um, it was gonna be kind of like a reunion because people over the years have been involved and like made friendships, people have gotten married. There's a whole community of, around people that um, still are connected. And then um, if you came on Tuesday night, we'd have like a panel discussion of women in cycling, um, you know, issues of social justice coming up in different types of panels are just like last year, we in New York, we celebrated hundred years of Columbus tubing, which is awesome. All the Italians came out, <laughs> all the Italians. Um, and then on Wednesday night, we've had gala dinners over the years um, around the world. It's amazing, amazing community dinners of like up to 300 people coming together, eating together. Um, we did not have a budget for that in New York three years ago. So it actually was cheaper to do a free barbecue for the public with beer, sponsored beer. And it was right on the waterfront looking at Manhattan. And so I also had never told anybody that it was vegan or vegetarian. I just never mentioned it. I didn't say anything. It always was. And we just made sure the food was really good and most people wouldn't notice. <laughs> so when we did this barbecue, we said plant-based or vegan barbecue. And I think that is the change that happened over the years is that you can say that now and actually that would make it really hot. So that barbecue is really popular. Like thousands of people showed up for that. I guess free food helps. Um, vegan vegetarian? Say again? You're a vegan or a vegetarian? I personally am, but that's not how that started. The staff started doing dinners together um, early on and they just happened to be vegan and vegetarian. But I, I'm personally vegan, but you know, just um, I like to think of that as a good thing for the environment or so on, but I'm not so public about it. In the same way, I like to do it the same way I do the Bicycle Film Festival. We just, you know, we don't wanna like, you know, if you come out and enjoy the festival and you don't ride bikes, maybe later on you would pick up a bike, you know, maybe it'll inspire you a little bit, but we don't want an evangelic, like, yeah, so. So when's the next one? Well, tonight Seattle started, <laughs> the Seattle number two, but uh, LA starts the 16th, um, which is next Friday, I believe. Um, and that goes till the 25th. So what, what that is, is that it's a program of short films. So, when I decided to do this, keep going with Bicycle Film Festival and do something um, and keep it alive, we would go virtual. I was approached by the folks who own the Seattle Stranger. 
Um, really nice people. They ride bikes. I didn't know them personally. They said they were fans of Bicycle Film Festival, wanted to see it stay alive and we could work together. So they own the platform, they own the ticketing uh, service. And um, our first festival was up there and we thought, oh, I'm gonna do five screenings and like thousands of people are gonna come to this one screening, like thousands. We had only sold like not very many tickets, like a few weeks out. So I thought, what are we gonna do? So I started calling people I did not know in the community. I actually telephone called them and people got behind it. And we, what we did is we developed a system of exchange where we um, barter. We don't, we're not really talking to that many companies about sponsorships. Like I'm always trying to get the Nikes or the Levi's or these big sponsors, the big alcohol companies to sponsor Bicycle Film Festival because the cities are very expensive for renting venues and paying bands and staff and so on. But this, we are just going straight up with a barter system. So like Golden Saddle, you know, local bike shops, uh, you know, Swerve, all these are folks that are partnering with us in, um, in LA and they post about it. And then we, and then we put their logo on the logo reel before the festival and it's gone very well. And that's how the word's getting out about the screenings. Otherwise it'd be very difficult to reach folks. Even we tried doing like Instagram ads, Facebook ads. They've never been great for us anyhow, but um, it didn't work. So this is what we're doing. And we found that the attendance since November, December has gone up two, three times. In fact, the feature length film was like 10 times the attendance. So it's, I think people are getting into it. There may be a buzz. People are understanding. The film programs that we're offering, if you've been to the Bicycle Film Festival, you may know like the Urban Bike Shorts where Donnie Digital, AKA uh, Roadblock, AKA Don Ward, <laughs> would make a film you know, about Wolfpack along with Warren Commerce. And we played it and everyone screams at that screen. It has Bike Messengers, Fixed Gears, BMX. That's really exciting. And then we also have films about road cycling or like maybe the Paris-Roubaix or some kind of, where a lot of road cyclists would go to the screening. And, you know, and then we would have all the mothers and people who are interested in like sustainable transportation go out to motherload. So kind of like, even though everyone's in the cycling, there's all these different types of people, different types of films. So how are we gonna get all these people wanting to go to a screening for one film program that's 90 minutes to an hour, uh, 100 minutes. And um, what I had to do was go with the human story. So I looked through our archives and really found some of the gems that are stories about people. They just happen to be a BMXer. They just happen to be someone that rides you know, a city bike or they just happen to be a bike racer. It's just the story. It's the things that they have gone through their lives, the obstacles that they've had happened to them and how that bicycle played a role in overcoming that or how the bicycle plays a role in their daily lives as they overcome that. So it's just, um, it's been really, really good. It's been a great, great time. Um, I'm feel grateful that we have this bicycle film festival to focus on during this time. It's really, and I, I have like some reverence for people who've had challenges at this time. So we've been working super hard on this, as you can imagine. In LA has come strong. Uh, we broke the records for support in LA. We have 70 promotional partners. Like that's, we normally get 40, around 40. And 70 is like, LA has really come strong for us. And we're really grateful to the community in LA. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm also just looking forward to the day that we can come back 
to LA physically or do the festivals physically. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, energy around it. But um, at the same time, we're, we're looking, we're constant. We don't even know. I was just talking to some people on our staff today, like this whole thing could collapse in June. Maybe people don't want to, you know, watch virtual bike movies in June, but I kind of think people do. If you watch Netflix or movies in the summertime, you probably watch bike movies, you know, when at night or, you know, relaxing in the evening, have a glass of wine and watch some bike movies, you know, from Bicycle Film Festival. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what we've been up to. <laughs> well, I want to say that I definitely miss the Bike Film Festival in LA. Like every time it came through, it was always the funnest thing on the calendar. Thank you so much for playing the Wolfpack videos and it, you know, it wasn't just about seeing ourselves, you know, LA, I know we're kind of all about ourselves here, but it was great to always see films from around the world. Mm. And, you know, especially with friends in a auditorium where things get rowdy and uh, somehow we got to replicate that online. So uh, I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but uh, when we, when we catch the bike film festival next week, um, you know, we'll definitely be, uh, I guess we need to have like a Zoom channel on the side so that everybody could see each other. Like, how is this going to go down? Like, yeah, maybe I wanna, we could I have hold a, up a beer. <laughs> maybe we can host like a Zoom. Uh, actually, DC team, like DC is run by Streets Calling, which is a black lit bicycle club. And they held, a, I wasn't able to attend, but they held a Zoom call like during the week that it was happening. And like people just talked about the movies and how they related to them and so on. I mean, that's one thing I didn't mention about the films, which is pretty incredible, that they are from all around the world. We have a film in there from Iran. It's about their experiences riding bikes. Um, you know, it's it's pretty incredible. And they're well-made. You know, there's something there for everyone. Well-made. Well-made. Yeah. I got to preview a couple of them. Oh, yeah. You Did you see? I mean, you watched the program where? I don't want to give anything away, but I did get to preview uh, the the... The BMX uh, film out of Africa is oh, okay. phenomenal. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's really good. So, yeah, that's one thing about the bike film festival versus like some other film festivals that are out there is like you really curate like good. You're you're more cinema than you are bikes almost. I mean, <laughs> I know your bikes, but you you are cinema. Like you yeah. curate really good stuff. So. That's uh, that's something that, that no one else can really touch when it comes to uh, the Bike Film Festival versus some of the other ones that are out there. Yeah, so I think that that's one. You're you're right. We come at, we come at it as we're run, what we're doing is we're running uh, a film festival, so we take it serious. We want to be professional, and people who run film festivals should know films or you know not have to, but we take that really serious like you know mandy who works with me she used to work at sundance you know the people will come from the film or arts background you know so uh, but they also like really love bikes so we all we all ride bikes and are passionate about it um you know i think that you know also there's incredible amount especially when we first started there's an incredible amount of talented artistic people who are in the so-called cycling scene. I mean, Jeff McFedrich is, you know, one, for example, or uh, Brian Verner, who lives in LA. 
um, yourself. I, you know, you know. <laughs> wow, that's that's like that is a compliment. I do appreciate that because, yeah, yeah, the people, yeah. There's a lot of like Warren Comers, Richie, Richie yeah. Trimble, all those guys. Yeah, there's. A, I haven't heard Richie Trimble's name in a while. I think he lives in Detroit now. That's pretty. Yes, cool. he does. Yeah. So. You know, there are a number of people who've gone on from Bicycle Film Festival and done quite well. Like they weren't, the thing that they were doing wasn't just Bicycle Film Festival. But one of, actually one person, Casey Neistat, he made films, I don't know if you remember that, he made films for the Bicycle yeah. Film Festival every year. It was- Viral. Him and his brother. Yeah. Uh, and, his brother. Um, and then there was Mike Mills. He had a, a film called Paper Boys and he's done well. I'm not going to keep going through a list of names, but there's, yeah. it's interesting. If you do something long enough, I guess people are going to come out of it and do well. My former assistant, I'm really excited, Zoe Shack. She now lives in LA and she just edited the Beastie Boys video with Spike Jones and she was nominated for an Emmy. So wow. I was really excited about that. So there's a lot of film talent. I'm affirming what you said that we are um, excited about film in itself. Yeah, it's a legit film festival. And uh, the, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it in the theaters again, but we've got it virtually, which is going to be awesome as well. And that's coming up on the 16th. Where can we get tickets? At the Bicycle Film Festival website, bicyclefilmfestival.com on the ticket okay. page or click on the map to Los Angeles or LA, whatever way they wrote it on there. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's pretty easy or go to our Instagram at Bicycle Film Festival, and it's in the link tree in the bio. Um, yeah, so that's what we're up to. I just want right. to say that I share like how much fun we've had in LA. Like I just, I loved, I loved doing that. I personally, where a lot of the festivals, I didn't plan on going. To, I didn't put the finger on the map and said, let's go to London, let's go to Moscow, let's go to Vienna, or let's go to you know Guadalajara. Uh, I didn't put my finger on the map and said, let's go to Tokyo or Shanghai. I, of course, I think about it. It would be cool to go there. You know, like I really want to go to Nigeria and Ghana with Bicycle Film Festival. But like what happens is, is this enthusiasm. People from a professional background of like event production, film production, ad agencies, uh, cultural centers have all produced the festival. We, best team, one of the best teams we ever had, though, was a bike messenger company and bike messengers in Tokyo. But, um, you know, the, those are the people that made that happen. But in Los Angeles, there's a lot of people that help, but I went out to Los Angeles and started that festival. So I, I, I had to go and make the relationships. I already had relationships as many people know, but like, I remember you have to, I'm sorry, so sorry, Somerset and his former wife. Arisha. Arisha, I met Somerset. Somerset is John Waters' relative. And we had this conversation here in New York somewhere. And he says, oh, we have a bike. We, we started talking about bikes. <clears throat> we have a bike scene in LA. I'm like, really? I want to see this. <laughs> and, and, like, and, and he's like, you got to come to LA. So I went out, I flew out to LA. I was meeting up with my sister. And so I went with them to a party, a house party in Silver Lake. And I came out and they were like 10, 15 bikes parked out front on a tree and on multiple, on a fence and a tree. And I was like, wow, people rode their bikes here. That was amazing. Then he showed me the bike kitchen, which was at the Eco Village at that time. Or is, do they call it BC Cocina now? 
or they have always called that bites yeah that's what it, that's the um that's the other that's the name, that's the okay. name. Oh, okay. PC okay so pc cocina all those folks really they really were very warm everyone was very warm like let's do it so we I rented this theater on Hollywood Boulevard called the Vine Theater, which was at the I remember that. It used to be it used to be a porn theater. Yes. It was a palace. And no, it was like a palace. What was, what was great about that location is we could get pretty much as rowdy as we wanted to. And you probably were not that happy about it, but there were people doing all kinds of illicit things in there. So that was a fun time. Yeah, that was the owner like loved the bicycle film muscle. What year was that? Was that 2006? That was the first one was 2005. And we had bicycles lined up on Hollywood Boulevard. And there was mm -hmm. a porn place next door. And people got <laughs> that's, uh, photos. That's what Hollywood Boulevard used to be. It's so yeah. sad what it's become. <laughs> so <good. laughs> but uh, Brent, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're looking forward to it next week. Um, we also want to mention... The major partner, right? Thomas Forsyth. Oh, yeah. Thomas, thank you. Right. Thomas Forsyth coming back again to support yeah. Bicycle Film Festival. He's just, yes, he's just a staunch supporter of bike culture in general. So um, we're going to look for this next week. And uh, we want to have you back on um, in the future. And um, I'm sure you and I will be talking as we do from time yeah. to time, right? Checking in. And uh, yeah, go bikes. Isn't that what you always say before the, uh, bikes the rock. festival starts? Bikes rock. Bikes rock. I'm sorry. Bikes rock. It's, the it's, been, it's been too long since you've been in LA. So we got to get you out here. <laughs> That's like, that is the nerdiest thing. It's so fun to do it though when everyone's all very cool <laughs> at the festival. And then we go like, oh, we got to do a chant. And uh, I won't get off the stage until we do it. <laughs> uh, we're like, okay, dad. All right. Bikes rock. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody gets excited. Yeah. All right. Um, Brent, thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. My last word is I really believe in LA as a bike city. I, I totally- It's the it's best bike culture in the world. And anybody that's poised to say that, you would be the one to say that, right? I, I'm not playing favorites, but I definitely think it's amazing. It's super positive, And I do believe- You knew I was going to put you on the spot about yeah, that. We have I do arguments believe, about this. And I, and Brent. I, <laughs> I have been around the world and had the fortune of meeting a lot of different yeah. people in different cultures. But LA definitely has- a great culture and a really wonderful people. And I believe it's got a future that's huge. I definitely, okay. you know, you can ride year round. There's so much space for new infrastructure around bikes. It's, it's, I think incredible. the new, the new spot's going to be Fresno though. I think Fresno's the one. So I do. We got to bring the bike film festival up there. Yes. Bring All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so why am i so excited about fresno i don't know why but we're I, gonna get up I, there. I, I, I mean i, I know why but we're, you know we're gonna get up there now so, i promise you you guys come down you'll have a great time we'll show you guys a good time youtube bicycle film festival <laughs> we're waiting for you we're waiting for all you guys to come visit <laughs> okay all right all right take care brent ciao thanks guys thank you all right, that was Brent Barber with the Bicycle Film Festival. And we still got Fresno in the house. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. I'm excited about Fresno. Um, so, Nick, well, we what do you got? Lindsay. You got
He's literally here with us. Wow. Hi, guys. I'm sitting How? in a car in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, my God. You're in a car. Uh, I'm just Not kidding. driving. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, all right. We're, we're going to take it back to a pre-recorded interview. Yeah. So I interviewed Brent Gaysford, who is a housing activist. And, of course, he loves bikes. He is the board chair of Abundant Housing LA, and he's the co-founder of Treehouse, which is one of the first co-living buildings in LA. And we talked about the connection between traffic and housing, and it's something that's very subtle, and I don't think people talk enough about. Um, And I think that if you care about housing, you should care about why we can't build, right? And I think traffic's really connected to that. And we talked all about that. And it was, it was really, um, yeah, it was uh, illuminating. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I started out, I was, you know, just a bike activist. But I've come to realize that it's much bigger than that. It's zoning. It's uh, uh, the way that that planners 50 years ago or 70 years ago decided how we were going to live so all right let me just start this thank you for being on bike talk rank gaze ford we go back way back and yeah you are one of the co-founders of abundant housing la and you have built an amazing cooperative living house and building in hollywood yeah yeah that's right uh, I'm now the, the board chair for Abundant Housing LA, the, the pro-housing um, or, or in the organization here in, in LA County. Um, and then, yeah, I'm the, the former CFO of, uh, of Treehouse Co-Living. Mm-hmm. So how did you get involved with housing? Well, uh, in about 20, 2014 or 2015, I'd been living in LA for, for five or six years and starting to think, um, you know, maybe this was going to be my forever home. Um, but I didn't want, I didn't want get rich to be on my life to do list. Um, I wanted to, to work on things I was passionate about. Um, but I did want to be able to have a family and in LA that just seemed, you know, if you weren't able to have one without the other, um, or at least it, it surely would not be easy. And I was curious about why that was. And as soon as I started reading, um, you know, I kind of fell down the, the housing rabbit hole. Um, I think it's the, the biggest problem, not just in LA, but, but I would argue in the country. Um, cause it, it just, it's, it's so, it creates the rigidity in our system. It keeps people where they are. It stops people from being able to, to, you know, move to places where there are good schools, where there are good jobs. Um, and to be able to just change their lives to, to, to be the way they want them to be. So yeah, the more, the more I read about it, oh, it's terrible for the environment because people have to drive incredibly far to their jobs. So anyway, the short version is the more, the more I learned about it, the more I wanted to, to help. So that's kind of the, the cause I've given myself to here over the last five years. Mm-hmm. And do you, so, and then you went from getting interested in housing to actually building housing. Yeah, that's right. So I, I uh, was working on and, and uh, abundant housing is a way to sort of uh, educate people about the roots of the housing crisis and how to change it and, and talk with um, politicians about, you know, potential solutions. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I figured I should try to build some myself. So um, co-founded Treehouse and um, yeah, we built the, the nation's first ground up purpose-built co-living apartment building um, here in LA, which opened um, last, last December. So it's been almost exactly a year now, actually. 
And how has it been? There is a reason there's a shortage of housing in LA. It's incredibly difficult to, 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 to build housing. You know, everything from, you know, permitting, uh, the financial, housing is a financial asset at the end of the day in our country. And um, the, the banks and institutions of, of housing are not, um, don't reward innovation, I think is the way I would say that. Um, but, um, but yeah, it was a, a, an incredible experience and um, really helped me see the problem from, from the inside. Will you walk us through, what do you see as the problem with building housing in LA? Yeah, for sure. Um, the problem is at its most basic underlying level, the problem is there are very few places that you're allowed to build housing without having to, to seek additional permissions. And even the places you are allowed to build, it requires a lot of time and money and expertise to be able to build even when you're supposed to be able to. Um, and so all of that creates a system where the only people who are able to build are the politically well-connected developers who have been building for a long time. Everyone else is kind of shut out of the, the system. And so that creates an artificial shortage where you know, we, we all pay the price in, in higher rent and in higher cost of housing every month because there's just not enough to go around. So the way that gets created is through uh, zoning that, that uh, determines what you can build or more often than not, not build on, on any given piece of land. The way the building code and zoning code determines what you what you have to build. Um, the most classic example of this is parking. To build a, a project in LA, broadly speaking, you have to build a, a really large amount of parking, which is incredibly expensive. And then of course, generates traffic and, and contributes to um, greenhouse gases and all those other problems. You have to do things like, I mean, getting into the nitty gritty, there's, there's lots of rules about setbacks and um, open space and just, uh, it's, the story of housing and the housing shortage in, in Los Angeles and California is really a story of death by a thousand cuts. You know, there's just a thousand rules that all together make it slightly more expensive and slightly more complicated to build housing. But when summed up, um, make it hugely more expensive and more difficult to do so. And so very few people can or, or do. You know, the, the fastest you could possibly build, you know, a small apartment building in LA is is three years. You're probably more like five. And in, in some really controlling places like Santa Monica, your average is more like seven years. You know, how are you just any individual person, if it takes you seven years to do thing, something in your lifetime, you only get to do that, you know, five times. Um, so there's just not, that's not a, a, we need to, LA was and used to be, um, you know, a cheap place to live. Um, there's a, that, that famous song from the 60s about L.A. and the beach. And, and there's a line that says in L.A. where the rents are low. Um, and that was that was true at that time, because we at, at that at that time, there were a couple million people living in the city of L.A., but it was zoned to allow for 10 million. Um, and so all the small two and three story apartment buildings that you see all across the city were basically built in that time on pretty much every lot in the city anyone would be allowed to build a cheap wood frame building that's two or three stories tall, you know, no elevator, often parking, you know, underneath. They're not sexy buildings, but when you free and, and, and empower everyone in the city to, to say, hey, you know, how can I build a few more units? Um, suddenly, suddenly the problem is solved. When instead you have our current system where it's a very small number of people who can build, you know, 100, say 100 units, the, the math just doesn't add up. You know, we need, we need 
everyone to help out. So I think some of the, the legislation that's moving forward to allow ADUs across California is, is really exciting. Um, and I'm hoping we can sort of continue down that vein. I would love to see every homeowner in LA be allowed to build, you know, four, six, eight units on their property. Um, one and two, one and two story apartment buildings are, are pretty much indistinguishable from single family homes as far as, you know, quote unquote, what the neighborhood feels like. So, um, you know, I, I really hope we can move toward a city that's that way. And of course that also allows, um, you know, there to be more, uh, uh, businesses close to your house. It makes the city more bikeable, walkable, um, and just makes it a more vibrant place to live. That's why so much of Europe feels so great is that it's just a little bit more dense. And that means you can have lots of uh, commercial areas near you. So instead of needing to, needing to drive, you can jump in your, jump on your bike or, or walk to, to where you want to be. Well, that's a great segue because obviously this is bike talk. So we're interested in bikes how do you see the role of traffic in making it harder to build and how could bikes help that? Yeah. The, um, the, the, the biggest role of traffic is that most people at first blush, when they hear about anything new being proposed in LA, they're worried that it'll create more traffic because obviously the traffic is, is really, really hard to deal with. Um, it's not something any of us enjoy. And because we have a city where it's not built to get around anyway except driving. When you see something new getting proposed, you assume that those, you know, that those people are going to be driving around by car and that'll make traffic worse. In fact, that's often not the case, particularly when when housing and, and is getting proposed near jobs, near transit. Um, but if we we invest more in bike infrastructure, it, it becomes much easier for people to get around um, without cars. And so suddenly then people don't don't cause traffic because it, it, it's not people that causes traffic. It's cars that cause traffic. So um, I think uh, investing in more bike infrastructure and, and, and really just letting bicyclists move around the city in a way that's safe um, can go a huge way toward, toward unlocking a more vibrant, diverse and, and less traffic choked city. I think a lot of us believe that. <laughs> so when you think about, a vision for LA and housing, do you have like, what, what do you dream about at night? Yeah. Um, I dream about a city where everyone who, you know, is born here, grows up here, can afford to stay here, where people who want to move here and pursue their dreams are able to do that. And where people can live near the things that they want to do. Um, a city where people that the, the, the air is clearer and, and smog free and free of particulates um, where you can hear, where the city is not so filled with the sounds of, of, of traffic and, and loud cars, and a city with more small neighborhood-serving businesses near the places that people live, um, supported by you know, more people moving around on bike and more people being able to la- live in the neighborhoods throughout the city. And I think that the key to all of that is thinking you know, in a much smarter way about how people move around the city and just letting people move around by bike and car and continue to invest in transit and by allowing people to build small apartment buildings throughout the throughout the city. I hope that can happen. I think we're moving that way. But the big question is, you know, can we can we get there before it's too late? Because the, the soul of the city, you know, can be lost at a certain point. If the only people who who live in L.A. are millionaires with with you know, high-end cars, 
it's pretty hard to come back from that and have a city that feels like a place where, where people are trying to, to build something new for themselves and, and build the life they want to live, whether that be, you know, opening a restaurant or, you know, starting a business or just, you know, being an artist, whatever it is, all the reasons that, that people come to the city, striving to be in entertainment. Um, you know, if, if we don't do those things, the city starts to look a lot more like San Francisco and San Francisco is great, but San Francisco's, you know, vibrant soul, the, the bohemianism that made that city one of the great cities of culture in this country, a lot of that's been lost as everyone other than, you know, millionaires is, is pushed out of the city. So um, I think it's sort of a cautionary tale for us. Can we take this seriously enough and move quickly enough that we maintain the diversity of, of LA and allow it to continue to grow and, and flourish in the future? Do you guys have like a list of what you think has to change? Yeah, we do. We have a, a policy agenda that we put out every year. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of the things we've been taking, talking about in terms of, of bike infrastructure. It's pretty simple. You know, protected bike lanes um, go such a long way toward making this a safer city. I, I used to personally commute by bike, but I uh, within a six month period, I got hit twice um, when I had the right of way by cars who were um, not looking or in one case, someone who opened their door while they were in moving traffic uh, and on the side of the road. And, and at a certain point, I just said, look, this isn't this doesn't feel safe. Um, and so I think we need to, as a city, just let it be safe for people and let people choose to move around it the way they want. And, and suddenly things can start to change pretty quickly. You don't have to take a lot of cars off the road for, for traffic to, to really disappear um, and people to be able to move. So do you guys have a wish list of things you would like to see changed? And a bigger question is what do you think it'll take to solve the housing crisis? Well, it's, it's, it's a lot about implementing kind of the, the, the big picture stuff that we talked about earlier. So I think that the, the first and most important thing that we as a city could do is embrace more housing near jobs and transit, um, particularly in, in uh, high income areas where, where all too often nothing is, is ever built. And really on the ground, um, I think something that would that'd be transformative across the city is just allowing small apartment buildings where currently only single family homes are allowed. I don't think there's any reason that we should ever say hey, on this lot, you're not allowed to have anything except a single family home. If we want to have some lower density neighborhoods with smaller buildings, you know, okay, that's fine. Um, but if you're allowed to build a two-story single family home, I don't see why you wouldn't be allowed to, to build, you know, a two-story fourplex. It just, it just makes the neighborhood better. You know, you've got, you've got more people, more, more eyes on the street, more consumers for local businesses, more, more people uh, biking and, and, and walking and, and moving through the neighborhood in ways that make it feel safe. Similarly, you know, I think um, give credit where credit is due. The TOC program was a really transformative, incredible program that was, was created by the, the city a few years ago with the, the underlying thought, you know, uh, encourage people to build affordable housing by letting them build, you know, slightly larger buildings, let them build less parking if they will provide some affordable housing. Because then, you know, the, the affordable housing that we build publicly is hugely expensive. It's costing $600,000 per individual unit when we use public dollars to finance it. So every time we can convince a private developer to build affordable housing for us for free, it's a huge win. It's such a transformative thing for that low-income family that gets to move into the housing and we as a society get it for free. Um, so I think uh, continuing to, to expand on programs like that is huge. Um, 
And then, yeah, I mean, investing in alternative infrastructure helps all of this so much, you know, protected bike lanes and, and additional transit options, um, you know, bus only lanes that, that let people, you know, really move quickly on buses instead of uh, sitting in, in traffic. Um, all of those things can go a huge way toward knitting our neighborhoods closer together and letting people uh, get to where they, they, they work from where they live and, and um, really just, you know, have options for how they want to live their lives. So um, you, know, you, built, yeah. you built very small units in Treehouse. What do you see as the market for, and maybe you can tell people exactly like what is a micro unit and, um, and do you think there's a market for that? And do you think that can be part of the solution? Uh, yeah, in general, a micro unit is just a, a you know, a, a, a smaller, you know, a smaller than, than typical unit. Um, different, different organizations will define it in different ways, but but yeah, absolutely. There are lots of people who who want different ways to live. A lot of the way our zoning code and, and building codes work right now is they sort of presume that uh, every housing unit will be occupied by a traditional nuclear family, you know, a mother and father and children. And in some cases, that's true, but that's actually, that's only about 25% of, of households these days. Far, far more are uh, single individuals or just couples or groups of unrelated roommates. And the fact that we uh, have, have legislated that you have to build units that look like they should be for nuclear families really doesn't make sense. If people, you know, not everyone wants the same, uh, you know, the same kind of car or the same kind of computer, or the same kind of phone, why do we assume that everyone wants to live in the exact same kind of, of housing unit? Um, so I think some liberalization there to, to just let people build different kinds of units, you know, micro units are great, but they're certainly not the end all and be all. We should just free people to build lots of different kinds of, of units to serve different kinds of people, because this is a diverse city full of, of, of all kinds of people. And so, um, you know, allowing people to build new housings designed to serve, you know, multi-generational families or, uh, or singles or you know, couples or groups of roommates, you know, all those things would be a huge, huge step forward. Thank you, Brent, for talking to us. It was fantastic to hear your take on all this. And it's so, it's so important that we make these changes. And that was Lindsay Sturman interviewing Brent Gaysford, making the connection between bikes and housing. See, Nick, I told you bikes are the, the central connection all the way up until world peace. Bikes are right there at the root core. There should be like a thing on our show where you connect bikes to any given topic. <laughs> that should be like a game show yeah. for us. We could do a game show around that. Like bring up a topic and then connect it to bikes. Are, are T and Sara here still? Maybe they, maybe they- Yeah, are. we're here. You guys are our, our uh, entertainment for tonight, for sure. All, <laughs> these all these topics are great, and it's cool to see the, yeah, the, the unity in the cycling community, man, like from all over the world. You know it's what cool. we got to do? We got to do our segment, Crank Call, and, call, and Crank <laughs> Call Donnie, Donnie Pepper, just out of nowhere. Oh, man, I'll, I'll call him right now. <laughs> Call him. Let's crank call him. Right, dun, 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 dun. Let me see. That's like the impromptu. Yeah, we were in LA. You know, like everybody can't hang and stuff, but we were in LA oh. a few weeks ago and I was like, I drove by his house and I just took a picture of the of the spot. Let me see. Let's let's see if he answers. 
This Johnny is Crank Pitt. Call with Bike Talk. Crank Call. Okay, you talk though. Okay. If he answers. <laughs> no, he's not going to answer. Uh, I was. Oh, oh. What's up, T? Donnie Pepper. Your yep. your car your car warranty is almost up. We want to call you in for a service. <laughs> What's going on, Roblox? <laughs> what up, man? Dude, hey, Fresno. Why, why were you why were you keeping Fresno a secret from us all this time? Uh, you know, it's was just that, a, when you was that a conspiracy? Much, uh, you you want to keep something secret? Oh, I love <laughs> you, Donnie. I love you, man. I miss you so much, bro. <laughs> What's going on? Um, are you uh, Zoom calling? Are you streaming on the internet? What's going on? Yeah, we're, we're, we're in a Zoom meeting with uh, Bike Talk about um, all the related uh, things about cycling. And they got to talk to our coalition. And then we're, we're a part of all that, you know, so we got to be on it. And then I, I recognized him. I was like, man, I've seen this guy before. I know. I'm, I'm, yeah. And then we just started you know, making the connections. And they, it was funny how they just said something right now about bicycles, you know, being linked up with all kinds of situations and, and every, and everybody, you know, you know, the, oh, of course. Yeah. So we're right? you're on a, uh, a segment called crank call. Yeah. But we didn't, we didn't have a gag set up quite yet for you. That's right. But there's plenty of people, to, there's plenty of people to crank call. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Donnie, you you were really big in at the beginning of Bike Talk. You made our T-shirts on your silkscreen press, and you sold grilled cheese, vegan grilled cheese sandwiches at our at our event. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, you know, been been involved. You know, early days of Bike Talk. Um, I actually still have that uh, that cafe art uh, trophy that you awarded Josh and I. Oh yeah, best. Uh, what was it? It was the best grilled cheese sandwich on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> that is a coveted trophy. Bike situation that we had, yeah. Oh, that's, that's rad. A that's a one of a kind trophy. Donnie, when was the last time you actually yeah, grilled some grilled cheese at a bike at a bike event? You know, I feel like uh, we're hopefully not too far away from it, but you know, we're just gonna wait for the all clear to be able to do something like that again. Oh, we'll be there. <laughs> All right. I was just calling you up, man, just to, you know, link up the worlds. And we were, we were fortunate enough to hang out with everybody on Bike Talk. So I'll see you soon, though. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Glad to, glad to hear from y'all. Peace out. All right. Love you, Donnie. Later. Later. See you, Donnie. Maybe we should go to... Donnie Peppa. We could do like a, one of those, you know, when they do a live show in like a theater or something we could do that in fresno you know how they do that with radio they've done it with radio lab with this american no. something like that we got to do it this american bike in uh, fresno uh, that'd be rad that'd be just, rad that'd be rad that'd be rad um all right i guess that's it for bike talk this week that was quite a show um we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to get up to fresno and do a show up there and then um we got a bike up there have you guys been to the Salton Sea, T and? No, we were. We almost went. We almost went, but no. I hear. I hear a lot of cool stuff about that too. Yeah, like. Yeah. That's got to come back next year. Everything's going to come back next year. It's going to. It's going to explode. Like I said, it's going to be a firestorm. 
Yeah, no, well, yeah, we need to link up, share some maybe phone numbers and stuff in the, you know, after this or, and then, yeah, yeah we're, we're always down there in LA. We love LA. And yeah, we just Hell always yeah. are, are down there riding and just linking up with new friends. And yeah, the bicycle community is, it's, it's something really special about it. So I, I, I love it. I said, worldwide, I worldwide. Yeah. Nick, yeah. you got that, you got that exit theme set up so we could just pop right in like cool people that we are. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much love, respect, y'all. All right, take care, you guys. T, Sarah, we'll see you guys soon. Pedal junkies. Yeah, yeah. Later. Yeah, yeah. And T and Sarah and Donnie Pepper and Lindsay and Nick. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. I always like that part where you say, we can become friends and you can join our group. <laughs>